0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for our wonderful reading this morning as well. Um, This is the passage we're going to be looking at is 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 11. And Paul has been telling the church how to be Christians. And he gets to this bit and says, well, this is the main point. This is what it's all about. It is all about the gospel. And gospel means good news. Has anyone here ever received good news? Put your hand up if you have One or two of you? I'm sure more than one or two of you have. Has anyone here ever received good news? Put your hand up if you have. Fantastic. Put your hand up if you can tell me how you respond, what you do when you receive good news. Who can tell me what they do? Flo, you are right at the back. I'll tell you what, Andre, can you go around um, and be my runner and check that the mic is on properly? Because I don't know if I've turned it on properly. (laughs) Fantastic. So Flo, what would you do when you receive good news? Well, I say yay! You say yay, you'd celebrate. What would anyone else do? Put your hand up if you do something different. Okay, Rosie's got her hand and Lorraine as well, they're on the same row. Faster, faster (laughs) now. Um, I heard my son was moving back to Felixstowe, so I got all excited and jumped up and down. <laughs> cool, so you, you get excited. Fantastic. Lorraine, did you have something to add? Yeah, I like to tell everybody else if I get good news. Fantastic, you like to share your good news. Um, anyone else? Maybe one more? Fantastic. Oh, Stuart. Okay. go out and celebrate
1: going out and celebrating
0: okay fantastic so we do lots of different things where we celebrate maybe we share the message with other people we're excited it's interesting none of you said we just ignore it paul was telling the church how to be christians and then he gets to this point and he says this is the main thing it is the gospel it is the good news and so the question is well what is the good news And the good news is this, that Jesus died for our sins. Let's just have another look at this passage, chapter 15, verses 3 to 8. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is the main thing, is what he's saying, that Christ, so Jesus, died for our sins according to the scriptures, so in particular, according to the Old Testament, it said this was going to happen, and this has happened. Christ has died for our sins. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. So it's already been said that this is going to happen. And then he appeared to Cephas, who is Peter, and then to the 12, so the rest of the disciples. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So at the time of writing, most of those 500 people that saw Jesus after he rose from the dead were still living. And last of all, he appeared also to me as to one abnormally born. So last of all, he appeared to Paul. So we'll be thinking about that in a second. Um, First of all, I need help from a volunteer Lara, I'm wondering if you could do this for me, because you know me, and I know that you're honest, okay? Fantastic, we can stand, I'll tell you what, let's come and stand over here, so in theory, everyone can see, Okay. Okay, Lara, are you impressed? Be honest. You're impressed at that. Are you sure you're really impressed? I've shuffled the cards. You can be honest. You can say no. Are you impressed? Not really. No, exactly. And, and I understand why. Because this is the beginning of the trick and we haven't seen everything that is going on. And it's interesting because a lot of people hear about Jesus and they're not impressed. Because they might hear that he's a good teacher. They might hear that he's a nice man but they don't really see the full picture of what it means that Jesus died for our sins. So let's check this. Lara, can you tell me what card that is? Do you know? The king of diamonds. Okay, fantastic. Can you just hold your hand out flat for me? Yep. And put your other hand on top. Brilliant. So you've got the king of diamonds. Okay. What card is this? What number is it? Two. So it is the two of spades. Now check this. It is finished. Lara, are you impressed? Be honest. No. How about now? Lara, check it. Hold up. Hold up. Show people. Lara, are you impressed? Fantastic. Who, who else is impressed? Let's be honest. Okay. So for those of you who perhaps didn't see... Fantastic, Lara. Thank you for your help. For those of you who perhaps didn't see my card, switch places with Lara's. It's interesting because we get impressed with that, and it's just a trick. It's not real. It's just a trick. But what Jesus did is real. And so I'm not going to ask the question, are you impressed with Jesus? The real question is, are you in awe of Jesus? And the reason is because the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins. Just like my card switched places with Lara's card, actually Jesus switched places with us. The Bible tells us that we are all sinful, that none of us are perfect, that we've all done wrong, we've all disobeyed God. And the Bible tells us that the the judgment or the penalty for that is death. And the Bible tells us that actually that is fair because of what we've done. That's the position we're all naturally in. But Jesus, like my card, switched places with all of those who put their trust in him. With all of those who turned to him. He paid the price. He paid that death. It is finished his last words on the cross that swap is complete that transaction that payment is complete so jesus died for our sins just like the bible says jesus was buried and was raised on the third day just like the bible says and that resurrection from the dead shows that god the father accepted that payment And then, not only that, Jesus was seen by more than 500 people after he rose from the dead, which shows us that this is true. So why do I need to know this? And this is our second point. Well, actually, it is the gospel that saves. Let's read verse 2. By this gospel, you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached you. Otherwise... You have believed in vain now i'm going to need help from another volunteer um fantastic do you want to come up daniel jack 50 50. fantastic um what is this first aid kit um i don't know if you can come maybe you want to come stand up here i don't know if this works or maybe andre can throw you that mic actually that might be better yeah um so who might carry one of these around with them A paramedic A paramedic fantastic and what might they do with this Help someone. Help someone, in what way? Would they be like, oh, oh you can cross the road now? Mm-hmm. Um, no, they, like, broke something, or something If they broke something, like a vase, or... Their leg. If they broke their leg, they could fix them, they could heal them, they could make them better. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, I want you to imagine there is a doctor coming down the middle here. They've got their first aid kit, they've got all the medicine they need to cure me, and we know that they've got the skills, we know that they've got the medicine that works, But I said, no, 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 I don't want your help, I don't want your medicine, and I reject them. Is it going to help me? Mm, No. No, of course not. Is it a stupid question to ask? Yes, of course it's a stupid question to ask, because if there is a doctor coming down who is wanting to help me, and I refuse it, even though the medicine works, we know it is going to do nothing for me. Fantastic, thanks for your help, Jack. (laughs) If you grab a seat, maybe you can throw the mic to Andre. And this is the thing, it is the gospel that saves, but it only saves if you hold firm to it. The gospel only saves if you truly believe that Jesus died for our sins, that he was dead, that he was buried, and he rose again. And that you genuinely ask God to forgive you. Then God, a little bit like a doctor, will make you spiritually well. He will make you spiritually healthy, and he will save you. There's a bit of a weird term. What will he save you from? Well, actually, he will save you from the punishment of sin, from judgment. Remember the card trick? Jesus switched places with us. He took the death sentence for anyone who puts their trust in him. The gospel saves us from eternal death, or what we tend to call hell. And instead, we get given Jesus' goodness, his right standing with God. We get given Jesus' righteousness and we get given eternal life and the new creation with God. Maybe you've heard this before maybe you've come to church because your parents bring you and you don't really want to be here maybe you've been coming to church one or two times and you know you don't really know what the bible teaches maybe you've heard little bits about Jesus maybe you've been coming to church for years and years and years and years and years and years because it's the thing to do on a Sunday but you've never responded to this message if that is you you're a little bit like me refusing the help from the doctor if I refuse the help from the doctor, like we've clearly been told, it's gonna to do nothing for me, even though it is effective, because I refused it, it will do absolutely nothing for me. Maybe, up to this point, you have refused Jesus, because you either accept or you reject. Maybe up to this point so far, you've not accepted and you've rejected Jesus. Maybe you've rejected this truth so far, Which means so far, the gospel is doing nothing for you. But the key words are so far. Because there was one point when I rejected the gospel, and it was doing nothing for me. But then there was a point when I accepted it. And then it is the gospel that saves. Check again verse 2. By this gospel you are saved. Not you might be saved, not it could save. You are saved if you hold firmly to the word That i preach to you and the word that he preached them is that jesus died for our sins that he was dead that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures according to what the bible says in the old testament but also what we now have in the new testament as well i guess there is time for you still to accept the gospel if you're here and you've rejected it so far But the question is, are you going to, or are you going to continue to reject it? For those of us who have accepted the gospel, they have accepted Jesus, and we hold true, we hold firmly to the truth, actually it saves us. Like I've said, we are no longer judged. We're no longer given the sentence of eternal death because Jesus has paid the price of death for us. Jesus has took our place. He switched places with us. So we can be fully sure that God has forgiven us and we can be fully sure of our place with him in eternity in the new creation, what we tend to call heaven. So the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins and the gospel saves. But what does the gospel do for us now, you might ask? And the gospel gives us the power to live for God. Now, I've got two phones with me. This one is my old phone, it's designed to be good, and this one is my new phone, it is also designed to be good. Now the problem with my old phone, it is so old that the battery no longer works. It has no power, I cannot make calls on it, I can't send messages, I can't go on YouTube, I can't play my music, I can't even take pretty selfies. I can't do it, because it has no power. But my new phone has a decent battery in it. And so I can do everything that it is supposed to do. I can send messages. I can play music. Andre's shaking his head. Don't play your music in church, Tim. No one will like it. Um, But I could do that if I wished. I can take messages. I can respond to messages. I can use it as it's designed to be used. And it's interesting because this is a little bit like what the gospel does for us. For anyone who rejects the gospel, they're a little bit like my old phone. They don't have the power to live for God. Because it is only by the gospel that we have the power to live for God. There is nothing they can do to please God because they face judgment. However, the new phone is a little bit like a Christian, someone who has accepted the gospel, someone who has accepted that Jesus has died for our sins because Christians are given the power to live for God, Let's look at the passage, so verses 9 to 11. I'm going to read it, and I want you to spot where it says that Paul became perfect. Once you've done that, put your hand up and tell me which verse it is, okay? So verse 9, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect no, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether, then, it is they, it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. Nathan, did you spot the point where uh, Paul said he was going to be perfect now? You, you didn't. Betty, did you? No, why Why not? because it's not there. But congratulations like that is that is true. It is not there. That is not what it means to live for God to be perfect. Actually what we see is Paul says I don't deserve this. The position I'm in, I don't deserve it. It is only by God's grace that I'm here. This is Paul's response to the gospel. To live for God is to be humble. And the gospel empowers us to do that. He says it is by God's grace. His undeserved gift, his undeserved merit that has come from trusting the gospel that Paul is where he is in life. That he's been given the position that he is. We see that Paul is humbled. He wasn't saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, how fantastic I am, look at me, look at me. He was saying, actually look to Jesus. Look at who Jesus is and look at what he's done for us. Jesus has died for our sins. To have the power to live for God doesn't mean to be perfect in everything we do. Because, well, for anyone who knows me or knows another Christian, A, we know that's not true. B, the Bible doesn't say it, which is the main reason we know it's not true. But back to A, look at Tim, look at Andre, look at Liz, look at John, look at anyone who is a Christian. None of us are perfect. We know it from experience as well. What it means is that actually we acknowledge that it is by God's grace that we're forgiven that we're humbled because we know that there is no other way we could achieve it. We know that it is by God's undeserved gift from accepting the gospel that we've been given the position of forgiveness. That's when we can live for him. And when we sin, we acknowledge that sin is sin, but we also acknowledge that Jesus is the one who died for our sins, that his death was sufficient, that the, the transaction, that the swap was there, because he also was buried and raised raised again, like the scripture says. And he was seen by more than five hundred people. So that we know that it's historically true, but we also know that the Father has accepted that payment. We see because of the gospel, because of God's grace, Paul was able to live for God. And in particular in this context. He was able to work alongside other people, sharing the gospel with them so that they might believe. When we receive good news, we celebrate it. We don't reject it. When we receive good news, we get excited about it. We don't reject it. When we receive good news, we share it. We don't reject it. That's what you guys have told me. The gospel gives us power to live for God by humbling us and enabling us to share his truth with others so to bring this to a conclusion, to a conclusion or a close or both put together um, the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins he took our place are you in awe of Jesus the gospel saves have you accepted this truth have you put your trust in Jesus are you holding firmly to this message Without doing so, whilst the gospel is effective and true, it will do nothing for you. But perhaps it's not too late. For those who have trusted the gospel, the gospel gives us the power to live for God. After being reminded of the gospel this morning, do we need to humble ourselves and thank God for his grace in our lives, and to humble ourselves and thank God that he enables us together to live for him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that it is completely by the good news of the gospel that we are saved it is not by anything to do with us because we know that we couldn't achieve it but thank you that it is that jesus died for our sins that he was buried and that he rose again thank you that he switched places with us i pray for anyone who hasn't yet accepted you i pray that you would help them to understand what this gospel message means And I pray that you would help them to respond accordingly. Lord, I pray for us who are Christians. I pray that you would help us to be constantly in awe of you. Help us to love what you've done and love who you are. Help us to appreciate the grace you have given us so that we can live for you as effective as possible. Amen.